Welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one only life. My name is Sarah Inman. I'm one of the co-hosts of the podcast. I'm joined, as always, by co-host of the One Life Podcast and our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of things together lately. It's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We got to both hang out at West last week. It was pretty fun. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I think it's funny there because I feel like you're always surprised because people laugh a lot there. Like, they're yeah. very animated. They are. And I feel like you're almost surprised, like, oh, that's a thing that still happens sometimes. <laughs> because every once in a while, yeah. the 9 o'clock at least at East was never super animated. Not super animated. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. You yeah. know, you hate to say that about all you find East 9 they're people. They're great but people. That's, but that's how you're known. They just Sorry. don't want to laugh. That's true. It's fine. Um, but, yeah, Brett, tell us a little bit about the series that we're in that we're getting ready to uh, continue to have a conversation about. We're in a series called Because, and it's all about worship. We're trying to just gain understanding of worship as much as we possibly can from many different angles as we can, include, of course, the Sunday sermons and the walk through the Bible, and, and we're going to do an event coming up that's going to uh, sort of culminate everything. Uh, but in the meantime, we really do want to just have uh, as much insight as we can about worship so we can explore it and give people a chance to ask questions about it and so that's why we have another one of our worship leaders here today this is sarah wilsman and uh, very glad you're joining us thank you very much i'm happy to be here yeah, i hope you are happy to be yeah. here that's, <laughs> and if you're not it's okay too but uh, <laughs> but we want you to get to know the worship leaders and more and know kind of what their vantage point is and hear their their journey and just that way i think it's a little bit more relatable i also think it helps uh, settle everybody down if i if someone's on the platform that i uh, just feel more familiar with or trust more because I've heard their story. Uh, I think it's a good thing. Absolutely. And that was my own experience. Even when I first came to one life, I've shared this before that I wasn't a huge fan of the music at first. And yet what changed for me was this idea of like starting to get to know people and getting to know like kind yeah. of their heart behind why they get to lead in the way that they do and know that they are real people that have a lot of experiences that bring a lot of passion and heart and preparation and all the things that we do. So that's what we want to learn about from Sarah today. Yeah. So Sarah, it just kind of start us on your journey of everything from life and music together and kind of what led to the the thing of being a worship leader. It's okay to kind of, you know, paint a picture of what, what life looked like. Okay. Growing up. Yeah. So <laughs> I grew up, I don't know if I can say this in the Catholic church, but <laughs> you can. Um, well, okay. you can, yeah, Good. we're, we're going to let I that mean, it's true. Ahead. So <laughs> you and a whole lot of people around here. Actually. Yes, yeah. actually. Yes. Um, so, um, yeah, so I grew up in the Catholic church and it was, it was, um, completely different than the Pentecostal church I ended up getting saved in. But um, <laughs> she's kind of prepping us for the rest of the story here. This is great. That's right. Yeah. Already I like yeah. the way the arc of the story, where, the, <laughs> yes. where it begins and where it ends. Yeah. <laughs> so it was more of like a forced thing. I did it because my parents wanted us to do it. And so um, I never really encountered God in the Catholic church. Mm. And I'm not saying that that can't happen, but... Um, it wasn't something that ever happened for me. Right. And so when I was 13, the ripe old age of 13, I decided I was going to be an atheist um, because I had never experienced God or seen God in any way. And so I just decided I didn't believe in him. So Now, so that was due to the fact that you felt like you had encountered or do you have hangups with... Uh you know, belief issues like, you know, the old thing of, you know, where King get his wife and all those kinds of questions? Or was it really that? You know, I didn't really uh, know much of the Bible. Okay. I mean, I went to Sunday school, but I don't think right. it really sunk in. So right. I, I didn't really understand that um, Jesus was supposed to be my savior or any of that. It was just like, you got to go to church because it's the right thing to do. And the priest and the nuns, they have a relationship with God, but we're just the lay people. And that's how I felt. Like, sure. Interesting. We're not, you know, important enough to talk to God. We have to talk to the priest. And I just never felt like it was a personal thing. Like yeah. God was a personal God. So I just decided, well, this is just stupid and I don't think it's real. <laughs> okay. Um, so did you actually label yourself? You would say to people, yeah, I'm an atheist if they asked. <laughs> that was the self-label you gave? I mean, yeah. Okay. I was a dumb teenager, but right. I mean, you know, my peers, I would be like, yeah, I don't believe in God. I don't okay. know that I would actually say, I'm, yeah, I'm an atheist because I don't know if I really knew what that meant. But right. um, yeah. So like now you're here leading worship, so there's there's something <laughs> cool happens in there somewhere. Yeah. Actually, that was the beginning of a huge downward spiral for me. Um, I was just absolutely miserable, depressed, 
even suicidal. Um, I actually was contemplating killing myself and the thought of not existing after I died scared me so much that I couldn't do it. Hmm. So that night, actually, I prayed, God, if you're real, you've got to show me because I can't, I can't live like this anymore. Um, I was numbing my pain with drugs and alcohol and just really wild, like as a teenager. And I grew up out in Posey County, so there's not much else to do anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. No knock on Posey County, but I think oh, we no, can. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> but whenever you, you know, no, I get it. you don't sure, even yeah. have a restaurant so, within 20 miles of you, right. it's like, what, what else are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a common <laughs> problem, sure. Oh, but um, so, so I was, you know, doing drugs and trying to just numb, numb everything just because, you know, it was better than being depressed, you know, at least it kind of suppressed those feelings and, and covered them up a little bit. And um, I didn't have to face them every day because I was doing drugs. Okay. Um, and then my senior year of high school, um, one of, uh, one of the guys in my school actually had gotten saved. He was also a big, um, he was into drugs a lot and I never really hung out with him, but two of my close friends did. So he had gotten saved and he invited us to go to his youth group. And I was just went along for the ride, you know, like one of my friends (laughs) who I regularly was doing drugs with was also witnessing to me on a regular basis about Jesus. <laughs> While you were doing drugs While together? we were doing drugs oh, together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, God can use anything. Yeah, so, right. um, and it, it had stirred like a, an interest and a hunger in me. So I'm like, you know, well, it doesn't, it's not going to hurt anything if I just go. I mean, I can just leave if I don't like it. So, and I'd never been to a Pentecostal church. So we show up to this little Pentecostal church and in, in New Harmony, Indiana. And, this youth group is, um, they play tapes because they don't have a worship team. So they're playing a tape back in the kitchen of the church. And I'm just like, this is interesting. Never seen this before. (laughs) And people start raising their hands and I'm like, okay, what's that all about? Never seen that before. You know, I'm just kind of observing and and watching. And the song comes on. It's actually from Brownsville. Um, that church was very influenced by the Brownsville revival. And the lyrics said, will you ride with me? Um, I don't know if you've all, all have heard that song, but I have not. I'm not familiar. That doesn't mean anything. It's, I mean, it's like 25 years old. Okay. Should have, should have been right in the pocket of my youth, but I missed it. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Um, but anyway, um, it's talking about Jesus. He's on a white horse and he's asking, will you ride with me? And at that moment, I, I experienced the presence of God for the first time in my life. Um, it felt like liquid love was just flowing through my body. Like, and I just, I just started bawling. Like I knew at that moment, not only was God real, but (laughs) he was asking me to join him. And, um, that just blew my mind. Like what? (laughs) Yeah. This is the first song. No, it okay. was. But it had, I don't really it, know. It was what, your first time. But you were time in, there. and you were watching people do stuff. The first time you were ever there, though. Yes. So yes. yeah. Okay. And I was too scared that day to actually go up for like the altar call or whatever. But but I knew Jesus was real at that moment. I knew. Um. So. <laughs> wow. So uh, I had never heard that story before. I was hearing it fresh for the first time. So. Uh, so you just kind of, I guess, you kept going back uh, yeah. to, the, to and became a part of that youth group, and and that became kind of your social circle, and mm-hmm. and and I'm assuming maybe you did you go forward and do all those things later at some point, or just just kind of picked up from there and. Um, well, I mean, I like I left my old lifestyle behind, you know. Right. Drugs were I didn't need them anymore, you know. Right. It's like, <laughs> right. Uh, I found what I was looking for, you yeah. know. Um, and so I had felt, I mean, even that first day I had felt a calling, like the Lord asking me, will you ride with me? Like, I felt like that was a calling, like, 
you know, I want you to join me. I want you to part, partner with me in this life and be in the ministry. So I knew there was a calling on my life. I had no idea it was going to involve worship, but I, I knew I could sing. I mean, I was in the choir in high school um, and junior high in the band. And I just, um, I enjoyed music. Music was always a huge part of my life. Um, it was kind of an escape type thing for me. Music was just... Um, it always came naturally to me. Like <laughs> in seventh grade, they asked me to join the band, my friends, and I was like, "Well, my um, my uncle used to play trumpet, and we've got his trumpet at home, so let me just pick it up and see what happens." And I was just able to play it. Like it just, oh wow, it just came naturally <laughs> to me. I took piano lessons as a child, and um, I mean, I maybe did that for three years, two years. I don't know. I didn't stick with it, but it taught me the basics. And so um, I hadn't really been playing piano for several years whenever I got saved. And then um, I went to um, the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry for Bible College. And for those of you who don't know, the Brownsville Revival occurred in Pensacola, Florida. There was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit um, in this church. It started um, on Father's Day of 1995. And it was a massive move of the Lord. I mean, people were like, prostitutes were coming in off the streets getting saved. You could feel the presence and glory of the Lord, you know, just driving by the church. People would stop and say, I had to come in. I don't know what it is. And then they would get saved. I mean, it was amazing what would happen there. And um, um, I had the opportunity after I had gotten saved to go down there and to experience it. And um, they had started a Bible college, so I ended up um, I ended up applying and not getting accepted because I hadn't been saved long enough. Oh wow! Um, so I took a year off. Um, I I was going to be a nurse. I had gone or I had started my uh, pre nursing program at USI, and I decided that's just not what I want to do. <laughs> um, so. Um, I took a year off and I worked and saved up money and um, I reapplied and then I got accepted a year later. So I went in um, January of 2000 and started school down there. And that was a huge, I mean, I learned so much of the word down there. I mean, that was really why I wanted to go. I was so hungry for the word, you know, just to know what the Bible actually says and how to interact with the Lord. Um, and worship down there was like uh was the main thing i mean they would worship for hours we would have services where sometimes they wouldn't even preach the word they didn't have to because the lord would just show up and people would be at the altar weeping and crying and repenting of sin and i mean there's so many different things that happen but um worship was always um, a huge, huge thing for them. Um, and so that's where I, I mean, I really learned how to go, go into the presence of the Lord through worship. And and it's interesting that music was already a part of your life and it, you know, came naturally to you and all those things, but, and that's, that's how the Lord first got through to you was, was in that context was, Mm -hmm. was, you know, during worship and and during singing and and, and all the rest. I find that interesting, you know, uh, that, that that was the vehicle through which, how he called you. So was there a time when you said, okay, I want to, I want to lead this. I want to do this kind of thing where I can, I can lead others and participate in that actively. Yeah. So, um, I didn't want to leave Brownsville. (laughs) Um, but my schooling was up, and I did an internship just so I could stay a little bit longer. But um, I ended up coming back home, and I just decided, okay, so I know how to play chords on the piano. Like, I figure I can at least try to lead songs. Um, and um, <laughs> so I just started messing around with, you know, like, can pull up a chord chart i mean it was not so easy back then because the internet was fairly new <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> but if you just uh if you just pulled up a chord chart and i'm like i can play chords i can do that and then i tried to sing along with it and 
it just happened. It was, I was able to do it. I mean, I'm not the best pianist in the world. I would say I'm mediocre at best because I still only just play chords for the most part. Um, but that's okay. The Lord can still use it. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so I started just kind of playing around with it and then it kind of blossomed. And then the need was there for a worship leader at my church in New Harmony. And, um, was that the same church from when you were in high school? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I think I started, it's been so long ago, sorry. Um, I think I started leading worship in the youth group, actually. Um, and actually, Michael Karen was there right. with me. He co-led a lot of a lot of it with me, too. So, because um, I was so new, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, there So, you I was go. like, hey, okay. why don't you help yeah. me? <laughs> And what we we are interested in you, you kind of already answered this, but, but one of the things that we've we've said, I, I think there are people that come to church that is meaningful to them, and 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 the song service, if you will, so is still. And I grew up this way, and it, it's this thing that you know Christians do, and it's kind of nice. You sing the little songs, but you're you're, you're kind of doing that. But there's there comes a pivot point at where people kind of go from song service to no, I really. This is I'm worshiping, and this is a very meaningful part, arguably more meaningful than than this than the rest of the thing, the sermon or whatever else. And so it sounds like you had <laughs> yours right out of the gate. You went yeah. from I, I I'm this isn't working for me at all in the Catholic Church, and then doing the whole thing with drugs and all that. And but from the very start, you had that. So that's that's kind of a special uh, thing. What how would you uh, what would you say to people who who do have that struggle that you had, I guess, because you did say in the Catholic Church, and it can happen in one life, uh, where people just, I, I want to connect with the Lord, but I'm just not. Mm-hmm. Something's not happening. Is there any advice you'd give or insight you'd share that would maybe help that bridge get crossed? I, I would say, I mean, even when I was at my lowest point, I cried out to God and just said, you got to show me if you're real, you know, like, I think if you seek his face, he's going to show up. Just asking him, um, I want to encounter you in worship. He, he's going to smile upon that. Yeah. He, he wants to reveal himself to people. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I I would say that's probably, (laughs) yeah. I, I, and I'm curious a little bit then. So, then you at some point ended up here at One Life yeah. and now leading on a team. Um, what was that journey like? Because I mean, I'm sure that that was at some point you ended up here from coming from somewhere else. And I'm sure there's a story there. It doesn't you have to get all the details. But what was that experience like kind of just coming in um, to, to One Life? Yeah, so <laughs> I'm actually a prodigal. <laughs> um, I, I went through a lot of church hurt. So um I had actually vowed to never enter a regular church again. Mm. Um, that didn't work, but <laughs> <laughs> it did for yeah, about 10 a, years, though. So, 10 years? Yeah. Okay. And it, We need to do another episode about church art and kind of <laughs> explore that a little more. But. Yeah. Um, so I kind of hit rock bottom again um, mm. in October of 2020. And um, I knew Michael. What is a helicopter? Yeah, yeah, if you, you guys you can't it hear it. The, you probably can't podcast, hear it because I was trying it. to There's think. Will people hear this? And they will. Yeah. That's okay. We'll just acknowledge it then. Yeah, but it almost sounds like it's landing on the building. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really loud. Okay. Um, where was I? You were saying because <laughs> I remember when you met with Michael. I think it was a Thursday because it was the day that we recorded. You guys were in the lobby. Yeah. Introduced introduced us. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I just reached out to Michael. I think it was through Facebook um, because I didn't know if I still had his number, but I'm like, hey, are you guys having church? Because COVID. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And he was like, yeah, we're back. We're we're having church again. So I, I started coming and, you know, I was like, am I just at One Life because it was convenient because I knew Michael or... Lord, do you really want me here? And he confirmed, the Lord confirmed several times that this was where he wanted me. 
and it's really been a great place of healing for me um, through my small group and through the church itself um, because, you know, I was really bitter. <laughs> I was really wounded from the stuff that had happened in previous churches. Mm. Um, and so I had hardened my heart. Um, I don't recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to learn the hard way. Oh, okay. Um, can I can I ask a question? Sure. Uh, I'm not asking for details of those situations, and but was, even in those moments, what was music like for you in those times? While I was away from the Lord, yeah. Music was all. I mean, it was still a huge part. It's just that I wasn't listening to the good kind of music. <laughs> Sure. Well, yeah, I understand that, but just in general, so it wasn't something that you were, you weren't pursuing that side of like maybe worship music per se, but music is still something that was important. Yeah, always has been. Yeah, I just feel like music is a way to connect. I mean, it there's something about music that pulls out your emotions and yeah. it just makes you connect in some way. I'm not sure how to explain it, but. Um, yeah, I heard it said if, if emotions had a sound, it would be music. That's, sure. That's, Absolutely. Yeah, and that, I, that I always resonated with that. It made sense. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> so so you're, you're going through that, and so and then you, you came here, and there was some healing that happened and, mm-hmm. um, and confirmed that you felt like you were supposed to be here. Was it a really big step to enter back into the worship world instead of just kind of sitting back towards the back and just kind of watching? Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Because you're probably not alone in some of this stuff. And I would yeah. be curious if people were out there you know, kind of where you were and just kind of sitting back, barely here, and listening and watching. Yeah. So um, that's – I was actually replaced at my previous church without me knowing it. Our church went through a split where the pastor was fired and I showed up that next Sunday after it happened and they had somebody else up there playing the piano and I was like uh okay I guess I'm not gonna be the worship leader anymore it's like they never even <laughs> oh reached out to me oh. <laughs> they never said so, anything Miss <laughs> G was and yeah. I think I um I ended up talking to one of the deacons and they were like we didn't think you were gonna show up I'm like, well, you could have reached out to me. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard to Ugh. That was yeah. really the start yeah. of all the wounding, but... Because um, that's a relationship. I mean, that's that's relationship, and then this feeling of like, am I just a person who's doing something for you, instead of like, there's relationship here. Yeah. And I feel, that's hurt. Yeah, and I was still pretty young in the Lord, you know, maybe f- three or four years old in the Lord, so I didn't expect that from Christians. It just seemed... There's something off about that, you know? I mean, I know people are people, and there's sin and all that, but I expected more, and maybe that was a lesson I needed to learn. I mean, obviously it was. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, so, I still had all of that stuff kind of looming, you know? I still haven't been healed from that when I started coming back here. And um, the Lord started moving on my heart. He's like, I want you to start back into worship. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I need you to confirm that. I'm like, Gideon, I'm putting out a fleece. <laughs> right. And I need you to confirm that because it has gone really wrong in the past and I don't want to go through that again. And so um, I think the first thing I said was, Michael has to reach out to me. <laughs> now, he already knows that I can sing and play the piano, so that's not really a, I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer. Like, he's going to reach out to me eventually. So then I had to put out another fleece. Let's <laughs> be more specific. Make it a little trickier. Yes. <laughs> okay. And so he, the Lord gave me a scripture, which is kind of unconventional for this situation, but I felt like he was really speaking that that was what he was wanting me to do is where uh, Jesus goes to Peter's mother-in-law and he heals her. And it says, immediately she got up to serve. My reservations were not just my wounds from church hurt, Mm. but, you know, I had just come out of this lifestyle where I was a prodigal. I was doing whatever I wanted. I wasn't serving the Lord. This is really soon, Lord. Like, 
um, I'm not sure that, that I'm ready for this or that I should be even in a p- position of leading worship. And so that's really why I wanted him to confirm it because it just felt like maybe it was too soon. Um, then once you stepped in, uh, did that, was it, was it just, just kind of a long journey to adjust or did you kind of step up there and go, Oh wow. You know, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> Things are awesome. No, there was a lot of anxiety. Um, <laughs> and then that was like a, like 2021, I think as I started playing piano, um, yeah, I started playing pad. So Carolyn was on main piano right. and I was just playing pad just to try to try to get my feet wet. Like Michael knew that what I had been through and he was trying to just slowly introduce me to everything again. Um, so yeah, so I started out kind of slow, but it ended up progressing quite quickly because Carolyn then left and then, <laughs> then Michael left. Um, and I was like, okay, <laughs> so all the piano players are gone. So, yeah, so I'm like, okay. Um, but it, it was, it was a stretching moment for sure, but it all worked out. Um, so what's yeah. that like now? Like, I know it's, it's only been a year, uh, or it or so probably yeah, maybe a year and a half. What's it like right now? I feel like, um, building confidence. Um, it's still hard. It's still, I mean, I still have moments where I'm just like, whew, cause I just started actually singing, um, just a few months ago, I guess. So, um, I mean, getting up there for me is a, is a place of vulnerability. And I don't know if uh, people understand that. Um, it's a very vulnerable, vulnerable position for me because of my past hurt. And I'm, I'm like putting out, you know, I'm pouring my heart out to God and I'm, um, up on the stage with all these lights and it's just, it's, it's intimidating. And, um, I have a lot of anxiety about it because I don't know, I don't want to be in the spotlight. I don't like it. (laughs) Um, but, but that's a great example of, of the kinds of things that we want people to know. Like you're, you're being led from the platform by people who are processing these things and, and it, and it can be a struggle. It can be anxiety inducing. Uh, it can be something that you technically on some level you don't even want, but on the other hand, you feel very called to do it and you're trying to be obedient, but you're, but most people don't think of that, of that. And I think they relate to you even a little more, uh, they say that people relate to us in our weaknesses more than they do in our strengths. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that's important to uh, for one-lifers to know that there's worship leaders up there who are battling through their own things and they're trying to lead, and, and uh, you're a great example of that. And Yeah, I think, too, I think it's important, as you're saying that, that so many people think, oh, if someone's up leading worship, they're the, they've got everything together. These are all the, you know, I think Brad even said this in our previous episode, you know, it's like this idea of like, oh, I'm supposed to be the one that has all these answers and everything, but every person on our stage, whether that's Brett or anyone leading worship or any service leader, we're coming up with all of those hurts. We're bringing them with us. We don't set those to the side. Those are part of why we worship because we can only connect to God. Um, Those are the things that we need to like help people understand that it's, we're not waiting for these moments. Yes, there should be times of healing. And I hope that you feel like you still have opportunity for that, but there's also opportunity to say, man, I need to take those and, and continue to worship God with those in a sense. Yeah. I think that's part of the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of worship is, um, you know, those things that are not easy. Um, it makes it costly, our worship. So I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm making sense, but. Well, it, it, and we're going to be talking about this and, and because when you, when you study worship in the scriptures, Worship and sacrifice at times sounds synonymous. I mean, they're so intertwined yeah. together that they become almost equivalent, especially in the Old Testament. That, that's uh, the expression of worship was to, you know, take something to the altar or even build an altar and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's, that is a part of it. You know, it's Jesus' sacrifice that gets us in, but it's our sacrifice that we kind of give back. And there's this kind of uh, uh, process that we all go through to connect with God in a, in a, in a way. So absolutely. I mean, and so you're up there 
giving that sacrifice as, hey, I'd rather not do this today, but I'm, I'm feeling anxiety once I'm in. So in that case, kind of in a broader way, what do you wish people knew about worship leaders and worship teams? As far as the congregations out there, what do you wish they knew? We're people too. No, uh, <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes um, the ones that are up on the stage are just considered to be um, other than or whatever. I don't know. Like they put us on a pedestal. I hope that they don't do that. Um, we're just regular people just trying to, you know, fulfill our calling and lead people in worship and um, that we are approachable. Like think, I think that sometimes um, the ones on the stage don't seem to be approachable. I hope that they don't feel that way about um, the teams here, but if they do, don't feel that way. You know, like we are approachable and we're just, we're just humans just like you. <laughs> and I would say too, even one thing I've been thinking more about and processing for our church is like that we're a community of people and people gather together so we can sing together and we can pray together and we can lament and share joys and, um, and, and these opportunities to do these things together. And anyone who's on the platform, we say platform, and I mean that in the uh, physical space, you know, like they're in the, they're actually on the stage, are part of that community, just like every other person sitting in that. And so we all want those things as well. Like I know you would say that probably too, like you're just as much a part of the One Life community, even though yes, you lead in a lot of ways, right. but you need all of those things just as every other person in those seats need as well. Oh, big time. And I think yeah, worship yeah. leaders sometimes, like you're saying, get lumped into this. So like, well, they're probably fine. We don't need to check on them or we don't need to pray with them or we don't need to just, you know, hey, how's your week going? Because they're probably fine. Like that's what we have in our minds and it's Because it's their job to be fine. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> that's why you're up there. <laughs> you're yeah. the fine one. The rest of us are all, you know, kind of screwed up. So <laughs> we got to have someone up there that knows what they're doing. But that's, <laughs> but it is, it's a, it's a journey to de- together thing yeah, absolutely. Uh, that happens. And uh uh, I think that's important to note. So, uh, you know, you, what strikes me about your journey is it started, you know, you, you've kind of gone through extremes. Sounds like, you know, you started, you know, I'm growing up in this church and I reject the whole thing. I'm an atheist. And then and then plunge down to the depths and then come back and you get a very dramatic, you know, introduction. You know, God didn't do that for everybody where it's just li- liquid love. I love that. You know, that's, that seems like that ought to be a worship song or something. <laughs> Maybe, you know. But I'll liquid love that. thing, okay, I, and, and people are probably, there's probably a lot of thirsting after that, that kind of thing. But then the church hurt thing came and this whole journey deal that happened with you, what, what was after all this? I mean, that's, that's quite a few things on your resume there. Yeah. How would you coach people who want to have a more meaningful worship experience. Like if they're, we talked about the connection thing, but there's another dimension there after being through the hurts and the problems and the issues and the challenges. Is there anything that as a worship leader, you'd say, Hey, here's what I've learned about connecting with God through all the very various experiences. Yeah. Um, he can handle whatever's going on in your life don't hide it from him. <laughs> um, if you have hurt, bring it to him. If you have, even if it's offense, like you think it's God's fault, he can take it. Like if you just be honest with him and say, because I wish I would have done this. Um, if you're just honest with him and say, hey, it feels like you've abandoned me. Um, because that's a big reason why I walked away. Um, if I had just said that at that point, I think that it would have saved me a lot of stupid mistakes. <laughs> did you feel like you couldn't say that? Like it was, it was against the rules or did you feel like, I, I don't know. I yeah, mean, I guess, I guess, um, it's like, it's just like, it's not right to be offended at God. <laughs> right. And I, I was hardening my heart, too. So at the same time, I'm like, um, I feel like this is your fault, God. So I'm going to harden my heart. And instead of turning to you, I'm going to turn away from you. Um, it was a choice that I made. I mean, it was very gradual. Um, but it happened. So um, 
and sometimes I, you know, I feel like it was something I needed to walk through. Um, and it has taught me so much about the love and mercy of God. Um, for me to have walked away after knowing what I knew and experiencing him, how I experienced him, and for him to take me back in after that. I mean, like, you read the prodigal story. That was me. Um, his love and mercy are great. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I would have known that otherwise. I mean, I, I would have understood that his love and mercy are great, but not to the measure that I do now. So... Did that answer your question? I'm not sure where we were going. No, it absolutely did. It, it, <laughs> okay. It's kind of that start from where you are thing. And that's why I was concerned. That I don't know that everybody feels the permission to do that. That's what set me free was going through the Psalms. And yeah. the Psalms are the worship you know, collection. And God placed them there. And watching, I turned them into my prayers. I was coached to do that. You know, Pray the Psalms. Okay, I'll do that you find yourself praying all kinds of weird things and things that you think, oh, are you supposed to pray that? Are you allowed to say that? Yeah. And what, what what fascinates me too is that those were, that was the hymnal of the ancient Jewish people. So these were not only private hymns and prayers, these were collective congregational things that they would have sang. And some of them are, can you imagine? I don't know. Still, I think we have the guts to actually put in a song some of the things that we would collectively sing as a congregation, you know, some of the language of the Psalms, it gets pretty uh, raw, to mm -hmm. say the least. I mean, so, but that really set me free that God gave expression to, uh, from what I can see, every emotion there is, whether it's yeah. anger, or disillusionment, or, or joy, or whatever, it's all represented there. Yeah. And, and you're, you're kind of a walking, walking poster child for that experience of that is one of the key ways that you connect with God, is that raw sort of Okay, I'm going to start from where I am, no matter how ugly it is. Yeah. It's important. And express it in song and everything else. Totally. Um, all right, we got, I, want to, I have two more questions for you as we get close to here wrapping up. Okay. Um, and they're a little bit, um, a little bit different topic, but same thing on worship. So are there any songs right now for you that like, man, this one really is one that I love that we get to lead our church through? Yeah. I feel like it's really hard to pick a favorite song yeah. because it could be any. It doesn't have to be the favorite, but just one that comes to mind right now. I would say the one that has the most meaning to me right now would be the song "Defender." Um, that's written by Rita Springer. Um, I never know them by name. So which ones? Which <laughs> one does Springer? that do? I mean, I mean, "Defender." Oh. I don't know the. Um, which one's that? What does it say? <laughs> that's the. That's the one that talks it, about you come back with the head of my enemy. <laughs> Oh, the head of my enemy one. Yeah, okay, yeah, see, yeah. that's how I know it. That's because that's the line that sticks out. Yeah, you always wonder, like, if you had some unbeliever with you, I'm like, what? What They're would like, they be thinking? Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, but yeah. that is the song. I think it's. I bet you anybody listening will be. Oh, that. Oh, one. that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, this kind of has a backstory. Is that okay if I go into? Sure. Um, so, so I came back to the Lord October of 2020, and then started up on the worship team in February of 21. And then um, in May of 21, uh, I broke out in hives and it wouldn't go away. And they, you know, I, I was going to doctors and it, I was in absolute misery. Um, it was like having poison ivy all over my body, mm. itching and okay. burning. Um, it was awful. It was the it was the hardest thing I've ever walked through, um, and I had those hives for seven months straight. And, and my doctors were giving me all kinds of medicines to try to help it, and nothing was really helping it. Um, and I mean, it wasn't life threatening, so I'm, I might be dramatic here, but it was really awful, like having to walk through that. And and daily, um, I wasn't sleeping because I was itching constantly and it was keeping me awake. So it really started to affect my mental health because I couldn't sleep. And none of my doctors were listening to me. They're like, just kind of brushing it off. Like, we don't know what to do with you type thing. And I was absolutely just like, I don't, I don't know what to do, Lord. Like, I'm just 
all I could do is just some days is cry and just say the name of Jesus because I was absolutely just, I mean, physically exhausted, mentally depressed, and I just wanted to die, to be honest. Like, I'm like, I don't want to live like this. This is awful. I can't live like this forever. Like, I'm, and I'm, I'm so, I had to come to a place where I'm like, okay, I know that God has promised me things, and I know that his word says that he can heal me, and he wants to heal me. By his stripes, we are healed. So am I going to, you know, am I going to hold on to his word, or am I going to just wallow in my pain? And I had to make that decision. And I really felt like it was a crossroads moment for me. And it was almost a test of the Lord because of what I had walked through before. Am I going to be offended again by the, at the Lord because he's allowed this to happen to me? At, or am I going to set my face as flint and still worship him? And I had to come to that decision where, okay, I am absolutely miserable, Lord, but I'm going to still worship you. And I, that's when I found that song, Defender. Um, and I mean, I, I sometimes would play that on a loop. And just mm-hmm. listen to that constantly, like, you are my defender. Like, I mean, sometimes I didn't believe it, but I just, and by faith, I'm like, you are my defender. And praise is going to be my breakthrough. I'm going to lift up your name. I'm going to worship you despite what's going on around me. And I'm just going to hold on to your promises because what you say is true. And in mid-December, um, <laughs> This might be weird for you guys. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> in mid-December, I was, you know, at a really low point. I'm like, Lord, it's been seven months, and I'm just I'm just tired, and I don't, I, I can't live like this. I don't believe this is your will for my life. Like, um, just crying out to him, asking him to heal me, and um <laughs> I heard a lion roar, and I felt it in my bones. It was the strangest thing. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you will never have to deal with this again. And I haven't had a hive since. It was incredible. That is pretty incredible. That's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. And I, I mean, it. I still deal with, like, the, the fear, you know, like... Um, because my lab work says I still have this. Um, this It's an autoimmune condition. So my labs still say, yeah, you still have this. But heat is what triggered it last year. And so when the summer started coming around, I'm like, I'm oh, like okay, Lord, I'm going to hang on to your word. You said I would never deal with this again. And I'm just going to hang on to your word. And um, so I haven't had any. You know, I haven't broke out, and it's been hot this summer. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. that's right. You've tested that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my so goodness! I'm just, I'm wow. just continuing to hold on Praise to his God. promise. That's very cool. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank Man, you. That's Lord. a good question with the song. <laughs> I mean, I like that song. Yeah, now it's got <laughs> a lot more meaning. Okay. Yeah, that's it. right. Next time I hear it too, that head of your enemy thing. I'm, I'm, you're going <laughs> to flash in my head. That's <laughs> great. Go. That's right. Um, okay, last question I had, and Brett, you may have a different one right. you want to end with, but I always like this one. I think it was fun. Brett put these in there. It was like, are there any stories of anything when you've you've been a part of a team leading worship where things haven't gone like the way you guys planned that day? Because that seems to happen quite a bit, and people don't always see those things. And I'm talking like, is there something that just like your keyboard wasn't on, no one knew, or something like that's kind of funny that kind of give but just a behind-the-scenes look of something like that? embarrassing yeah yeah Yeah, i mean i seem to um attract the tech issues (laughs) that lovely little laptop that controls the sound that goes through the keyboard um (laughs) i think this has happened probably like i would say 20 times at least where the keyboard will just freeze and it stops working in the middle of service or practice or um it's always something with sound for me. And I'm just like, okay, Lord, obviously there's something I need to work on here. Like, I don't know, but it always seems to work out. I mean, most people don't have a clue what's going on, but Tuesday in practice, um, the keyboard kept uh, changing keys in the middle of the song. Changing keys? Changing keys. Okay. I I wasn't doing anything that I knew of. (laughs) 
I mean, I wasn't touching the the laptop, you know, I'm just playing and then it just goes, I'm like, do you guys hear that? And they're like, yeah, something's wrong. (laughs) Yeah, you picked up on that. So it turns out that the music stand was pushing on one of the little (laughs) knob things. And when I would shake it, when I'm playing it, it would push on it and it would make it go down, like go down several keys. So it was actually my fault that time, and I just didn't know it. But <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, like, that's funny. Yeah, I, I thought that I, was funny. I'm like, oh, it's actually my fault. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Th- that's one of the things I wish people knew about worship teams because I've been in uh, countless rehearsals, and especially right before services and all that. Things often go wrong, and no one can explain it. it, it, it sometimes you can't explain it, but other times, you know, just this past weekend, we literally had things happen where everything was perfectly fine a few days before. No one's touched anything. And you'll come in, and it's just a mess, and yeah. we can't. Fi- and, and it's so stressful, and people start freaking out, and because uh, everybody cares a lot about doing, you know, a, an excellent job. You know, they they they've rehearsed, they've practiced, <laughs> but sometimes you know the tech issues are just. Uh, mind-boggling bad i mean it's it's yeah. it, it can be really really hard and they stress out over it and they're carrying this weight and and everybody that comes in and the things go fine they don't know any of that ever happened they're just out there just having a great time and yeah. and yeah. everybody up there is sweating bullets um and yeah. that's happened a lot yeah um, yeah now now uh, occasionally we do have people that come in with notebooks and because we've sent we, we send questions in advance and all that and you did that so is there anything in the notebook that you want to make sure gets on the record before we go. Because not everybody does that, but the, the more studious ones do. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave out anything that's important inside that notebook that people need to know. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, when, when you asked um, uh, what scripture was most meaningful or helpful when it, when it comes to worship, I feel like uh, Romans 12.1 Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. For this is your true and proper worship. That is the NIV version. Um, The New King James says, which is your reasonable service. And then the New Living Translation says, this is truly the way to worship him. My translation is, this is the least that I could do for the one who gave his very life for me is to offer up myself as a living sacrifice. And um, I think that's, that's what makes it costly, our worship by offering ourselves to him. You know, back in the Old Testament, they did daily burnt offerings, and that was costly to them. They're bringing their, their best lamb or their best oxen or whatever they're bringing. They're bringing their best animal that's without spot or wrinkle, that would be great to, you know, uh, continue down the line, but they're bringing it to the Lord and offering it to him, and that's costly, and it's actually taking a life, so, you know, the the symbol of the blood, which um, Jesus ended up fulfilling, finally, um, but I think the, the most impactful scripture for me um, for worship is... Uh, in 2 Samuel 24, 24, um, David replies to um, a gentleman, uh, and I'll have to give backstory on this, but um, I insist on buying it, and he's, he's saying um, he's going to buy the threshing floor and um, build an altar so that he can repent for his sin. Um, but he says, I insist on buying it, for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have cost me nothing. And David was considered the man after God's own heart. Um, that backstory is David ended up doing a census, and the Lord was angry. So David realized it. He's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And so he repents, and the Lord says, okay, you get three choices. You can, you can have... Um, Oh, gosh, I'm not sure I can remember. Yeah, it runs between plague and, and a number of other things, yeah. Yes, so he ends up choosing the plague because he knows that the Lord is merciful. Um, and the other things were like run from his enemies. He's he's facing man. He's not facing God. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to choose the plague for three days. So um, he ends up seeing an angel of, 
of death, basically, that's getting ready to wipe out Jerusalem over at the threshing floor of Arana, I believe is his name. And um, the Lord stops the angel from destroying Jerusalem, and David sees this angel, and he's like, Lord, I have sinned. Please let the, the fault be mine. You know, like, don't, don't hurt these people. And so the Lord um, tells him through his prophet to go and build an altar. And um, so David comes, and this, this servant, this Arana, he's like, why is the king here? He's like, of course you can have all of it. He's like, I'll give it to you. I'll give you the oxen, and I'll give you the yoke so you can use it as wood to burn the, to burn the sacrifice. And David's like, no, I will not give the Lord anything that doesn't cost me something. And I think that is like, the most beautiful picture of worship that we could give. Like, um, it's, it's, it's something that costs us that we're giving to him. And, you know, in Romans, it talks about it, us being the living sacrifice. That is costly. We're laying down our own dreams, our own desires, our own wants, our flesh. We're laying it all down so that his will can be done through us. That is our reasonable service and worship. So that's. There you go. Glad I asked. There you go. That's (laughs) great. Great notes. That's right. (laughs) That's a great place to finish too. The last people, the last thing people remember. So it is. Sarah, I just want to say thank you for sharing so much um, today. And I know that even talking about some of those things probably are not fun or easy to share, but I appreciate that you did because I do believe, and Brett said this. I think it helps people to understand not only um, just who you are, but also to understand that. Maybe they have something, it may not be exactly the same, but something similar that they could relate to and know that this is an opportunity for them uh, to belong. And so um, thank you for leading at our church. Um, you, I know that you hear this and you know this, that you're valuable to God, but you're very valuable to this group of people who gather together and call this One Life Church. So thank you for um, being a part of, of leading here. I appreciate you. Thanks. Amen to that. Right. Anything else to close with? I don't think I'm I can start top the music. Any of that. I think you should start the music, and right. we'll close out by just saying, take some of those things to heart and think about the next time we're worshiping together as a congregation and singing and saying the head of my enemy and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> that there's a lot more going on behind all that than sometimes yes. we realize. Absolutely. Uh, again, if you guys have, I say this every week, and no one's emailed me in a while. So even oh, if you're I'm out there, just that, just yeah. let me know you're out there. Email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. Again, podcast at onelifechurch.org. I would love to hear your feedback and maybe any questions you have. Anyone that um, you'd like us to talk to maybe at One Life. So you're like, I'd love to know more about that person. Um, or maybe have specific questions for Brett. We'll pass them along. <laughs> um, and also, if you want to find out any more information about One Life Church, Jimmy, who's the best communications director we've ever had, um, created a website, onelifechurch.info. It has all the info. You can watch messages. You can check out what's coming up um, and connect with us there. Again, onelifechurch.info. We'd love to connect more with you. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.